This is a podcast episode with AJ. Welcome back to another episode of Shot and Chop. I am your host, Josh Cannon, and today we are about to chop it up. So today, you all, welcome back to another episode, like I said, and I actually have a very, very special guest, a model friend of mine, the lovely Annette Joseph. So I'm going to let her tell you all a little bit about herself, and then we are going to hop into this very, very spicy interview. (laughs) So, Miss AJ, Annette, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. We've been talking about this for a hot second, so I'm glad we could make it happen. We have. We have. And, you know, you're such an amazing model that a lot of the photographers, well, not a lot, but the photographers I've mentioned or have interviewed so far have actually mentioned you. So that says a lot about what you're doing so far. I'm so flattered. Oh, so sweet. Um, Like Josh said, my name is Annette. Um, I'm from Richmond, but originally I'm from Charlottesville, and I'm currently a student at VCU. So I've been there for a couple years now. Um, I'm a nursing student, so it's been kind of busy and crazy, but I got into modeling just this past year. So it's been about nine to 10 months or so. Right. So you guys hear that it hasn't even been a year yet. And for those of you that are not familiar with her work, please, please, please look up her work at the end of this episode or pause the episode right now because I'm going to put her information in the show notes and just take a look at what she's done so far with her, what, you said nine months? Yes, sir. We haven't even hit the year mark yet, and she's already killing it. She's doing dope photo shoots, dope concepts, and she's an amazing model. Thank you. I'm so flattered. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, um... Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what's going on with you. So it's been a while since we shot, maybe like a month or two since our last photo shoot. We've done two or three so far. But what's the update with your life going on right now? It's been kind of breezy busy. Um, the past few months, I've been doing a couple of travel shoots, which has been like new and exciting. Um, it was something that I didn't really expect to get into, but it's been really dope just, you know, going all over the place, being able to enjoy the area and then also enjoy the talent that that's that's there already. And um, I've met some wonderful people and worked with some really cool, cool creators. And I've re- I've been having a great time. So that's dope. How did you um, get that set up? Did you set up the tribal locations or did somebody reach out to you? Kind of just came to me. Um, my first one was in California. And surprisingly enough, it was from TikTok. Uh, really? Yeah. This photographer found me on TikTok and was like, hey, I really want to work with you. And I ended up in San Francisco. And I was like, I guess this is happening. It's great. Um, And then I think, weren't you in New York too? Yes, I was in New York this past week. Um, It was my spring break, so I decided to go up. And there were a few people that I really wanted to work with and had been talking to for, you know, a couple months now. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time. There's no reason to just sit on it. So Mm -hmm. pretty dope. That's really cool that you have um, the time and the flexibility to go and travel right now. With my full-time job and my photography, I haven't really been able to do too much traveling, but I always encourage uh, models and photographers, new or old, to get out there and experience things outside of the immediate city that you're in because you get to get different perspectives on the creator space. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, you know, the culture around modeling is so different depending on where you are, and I've noticed that, and it's been really just pleasant to be able to experience it myself, so... Mm-hmm. So out of the different places that you've been to with your modeling so far, which one was your favorite? I love New York. New York was so great. I really? mean, I love New York to begin with. Um, I just love cities and big cities and the people that are there and just the busyness of it. So that was just fantastic for me. And I met so many different people and it was just really great. And I'm planning to go back hopefully early summer. So that sounds like a plan. Me personally, I'm not a city person, so 
I like everybody always wants to say, I'm gonna go to New York. I'm like, eh, I'd rather go south than north. That that's just me personally. I hear you. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much everything that's been going on with you. And I've been loving watching you travel and go different places and work with so many amazing photographers and just keep your work flowing because so many people say they want to get into modeling, but they don't, they start off maybe strong and then it kind of fades off, but you've been hitting it. You've been consistent and your following has been growing. Like your audience has been growing. Your community has been growing and it's, it's beautiful. Thank you. It's such a pleasant surprise for me. You know, something that I didn't intend to really get into. And then when I did, I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. This is amazing. So, um, you know, it's definitely been a challenge balancing work and school and this and just life as a whole. But I'm glad I'm kind of pushing myself to do that. Gotcha. So what um, what made you decide to get into modeling? Because I know you already have a lot going on with like the nursing you're in school. Um, What spawned you to want to start becoming a model? So I... It, it was kind of just, I don't know, it was kind of a spur of the moment kind of thing. I, you know, noticed that I was really uncomfortable in front of a camera, but I was like, man, I would love to show off some of the really cool outfits that I occasionally wear. And um, I was kind of just in a pretty low place with work. I worked full time through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I guess it's still happening. And, you know, I took a break from school, all these things. And I was just so burnt out and needed some change of pace in my life. And I was like, you know what? This would be kind of cool to pursue. So I kind of just went over and found people that were looking for TFP, just trying to expand their portfolio. And I was like, this is a good place to start. Let's let's do this kind of thing. So it kind of like started as a creative outlet and then it kind of spawned into something that you were more passionate about, right? Absolutely. Now, when you first started with that, like who told you about how to reach out to photographers or the term TFP? Did you like learn that stuff on your own or did you like have somebody that taught you this stuff? Oh, I, I figured it all out myself. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I started off on Facebook, surprisingly, because I, I never use Facebook. But for some reason on my like recommended or something like that, there was like a model group that showed up mm-hmm. and I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. And it was like a Richmond model and photographer collaborative group. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and get into that and see see what happens. But there's a lot of Googling, a lot of really stupid questions and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm still, I was learning. So got to give myself some grace. So. Yeah. And the fact that you did that, you put the extra step of researching. Okay, I want to model, but I'm not just going to jump into it. I'm actually going to figure out the terminology, where to go for help, who to reach out to, and like putting forth the effort to actually making this something that I can do long term. And then when you reached out to me um, as a photographer, you know, especially after you've been doing it for a couple of years or so, I wouldn't call myself an expert by any means. But when you reached out to me (laughs) to ask me, hey, let's collab and stuff, I'm really selective about my collaborations. And it was just something about you that made me say, hmm, let me give her a chance. Let's see what she's got going on. She's got a different look, something I've never shot before. And you killed it. You knocked out the ballpark. You brought me snacks. That's true. Like, I do remember that. You remember? I remember that too. Like, I don't know any model who's brought me snacks to a photo shoot. No, Costco snap peas. It's where it's at. Yeah, I've never had them before. I mean, it was a thought that counts. It wasn't. <laughs> eh, it wasn't Maybe not really, your cup of tea. It wasn't my jam, but I <laughs> ate them. I mean, I tried them. So ever since then, it's just been amazing knowing you and being able to work with you and seeing you grow like in such a short time. And it always um, impresses me when models put forth the effort because and if you may, you may not know where to start, you may not know where you want it to go, but when you put forth the effort, it's not that hard to grow as a model. And as long as every day you're trying to get better than you were before, you're reaching out and working with high quality or good quality photographers, you're working with photographers that are on, maybe on the same level as you, 
in connecting with other people in the community, like makeup artists, hairstylists, fashion designers, anybody that's a creative, that's where you grow. That's where you build your community. Absolutely. And honestly, after my first shoot with you, you know, there were plenty of people that saw that work and then started reaching out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is where it's at. You I know? love it. That's that's always my goal for the people that I know to be able to want to work with the models that I shoot with, because it's like that in the photography community. It's like the ones that the photographers that are cool with each other. If I know, Hey, I shot with Annette and she's cool. I'll be able to pass that information on or somebody will be see, Oh, well, Josh shot with her. So let me reach out and shoot with her too. And then that gives you another opportunity to add to your portfolio or book a paid shoot. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what it is that describes your modeling so if we could paint a picture of what it's like working with the lovely Annette what would that be and what would that look like so as far as the type of modeling that I gravitate toward I love doing boudoir and I love incorporating my culture into um, different shoots that I've been doing recently I've been in a little bit of a rut but um, generally speaking I just really really love seeing that because growing up I never really had that representation you know all through high school there was like a handful of people that I'd follow and be like oh my gosh I love this like mm -hmm. the content was just so amazing to me and so beautiful and you know it's nice to be seen and I was like you know what I kind of want to start doing that kind of thing too yeah oh we forgot to mention the people since we're on an audio podcast they don't get to see you so to let the people know a little bit about what is your culture and what is your heritage and all of that good stuff. So I'm Indian. Um, I come from a very diverse culture, very like, you know, we're, my family was very, very, they put a lot of importance into raising us in that. And so, you know, my roots are very like, you know, just colorful, amazing. I, I, I love being Indian. You know, there's very few things that I would change about that. Um, I'm from South India specifically. And, you know, my whole family is still there aside from obviously my immediate family. And growing up, I'd always go back. You know, I spent my summers there, all that stuff. So that's that's where I'm from. <laughs> that's cool. That's a unique trademark right there. Um, you know, we're so used to shooting what we're used to, the people that look like us and being around the cultures and things that look like us. So I just feel like when you are able to tap into a different culture and bring it to the cultures that we're around every day, that makes you unique. That was actually my next question. But I feel like me personally, I feel like that's what makes you unique, your culture and like the fact that you are tapped into that and you're proud of it. You know, you don't see it as a disadvantage. You see it more as an advantage and a uniqueness to that. Absolutely. You know, there's not a lot of Asian or Indian um, models in the Richmond, like just general Virginia area. And I noticed that. And um, that was definitely one of my few like motivators to really get into it because, you know, it's a very rich culture and there's so much that can be shown up so i've shown much that can be photographed and um i just want to bring that to light so cool would you say that that in itself is what makes you unique or are there anything else any other things that you could say that makes you unique as a model um i like to think that i'm really easygoing like i put a lot of importance in that i think there's no use in being difficult to work with or anything like that so i really 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 try to make the people around me comfortable and um yeah i it's a little unique. I mean, I know we all try to do that anyway, but. Oh, yeah. no, there's some models that they're like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. You're going to cater to me. But like like you said, you're so easy to work with and so easy to hang out with and just talk to. And that yeah. builds the vibe. Like, I'm all about the vibe. And if I can vibe with you, I feel like I shoot better. Because, like, if I feel like, you know, you hate me, you hate being here, you don't want to do this. Well, let's get this out the way. You owe me my pictures. Give me my pictures. 
I'm going to feel like, okay, this is not going the way I expected it to go. Absolutely. My, like, one thing, every single person that I've ever shot with, the f- last thing that I say to them is there's absolutely no rush with pictures. Oh, please say that again. No rush with pictures. Oh, um, that's beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, I, I get it. I work multiple jobs. I'm in school. And if I had someone tell me something like that or expect something like that of me, I would be frustrated and I would just be, feel stressed and I don't want that on anybody else. So... I don't know. I think it's an important thing to stress, even if a lot of people are like, ah, no, nah, I don't really care. You know, I'll get it to you as soon as possible. I still want to put it out there. So, yeah, I appreciate that for sure, because, you know, like you said, I'm balancing my full time job, my client work, any TFP work, any type of business things that I'm trying to grow. And it gets taxing and it gets like sometimes things get away from you. But like, I mean, me personally, it may take me a week. It may take me two days. It may take me a month or two, but I'm going to get them to you. Absolutely. I'm going to get them to you. And what people need to understand, model specifically, is like paid work always comes first. So if even if it's a collaborative project, a trade for print project, some people may disagree, but I feel like your paid work comes first because if without your paid work, how are you going to continue your photography? You know, so that that's just how I look at it. Earlier, we did talk a little bit about how you um, took the extra steps to research and be able to grow your modeling. Um, what were some of the other things that you put in place to grow, not just your Instagram page, but grow your notoriety, like be able to have people know who you are in such a short period of time? So I originally, like I have my personal Instagram account and, you know, I know a lot of people don't love Instagram because it's so one note in a lot of ways, but I felt that I needed to make like a whole new account kind of thing. I'm glad you did that too. Yeah, I am as well because, you know, it's an entirely different aspect of my life. It's an entire different part of my being. And, um, you know, I feel like that deserves its own space and own just, it it needs to be brought out in its own way. So um, that was definitely something that I did. And I really just put a lot of effort into reaching out to people in the first few months because I was like, you know, no one really knows who I am. I haven't worked with a lot of people. So the only way to get work or do what I can or expand my skills is to start reaching out because, you know, my dad would always say only a crying baby gets a bottle. So I was like, all right, got to go for it. (laughs) Yeah. And that that worked out great. Um, Like you had mentioned how you said that the the photographers that I knew started reaching out to you. I love to hear that. And the more photographers or the more good photographers that you work with, um, being selective of the photographers you choose, that in itself is going to get you more work. So you did the right thing and you did the right thing of separating your modeling from your personal life because just like with me, photography is a part of who I am, but I have a personal social media account and then I have a photography account. I have a fitness account for my fitness stuff that probably a lot of people don't know about. But People know different sides of Josh. People know me as Josh. People know me as Cannon Productions. People know me as Cannon Gaines. And it's like if you start off with whatever you're trying to pursue, whether it's a a small business or a hobby, and you start off with that audience, not everybody might have an interest in photography. Everybody may not have an interest in fitness or music. So they'll support you. But if you build your audience and your community from the ground up with the aspects of people knowing you as a model – those are the people that are going to support you and you're going to grow that much faster. Absolutely. I remember the first thing that I posted on my personal account when I was talking about, hey, I made a modeling page. You know, if you're up for it, follow it was, you know, I'm going to be posting a lot. It's it's going to be a lot of posts. It's going to be a lot of clouding up your feed. And if you're OK with that, you know, give it a follow. So random question off the top of my head. 
from the time you started to now, how many photo shoots would you say that you've done collectively? I would say anywhere between 50 and 100. 50 and 100 photo shoots yeah. in I, nine months? Yeah. That's crazy. I haven't done that many shoots in nine months. Yeah. I mean, I don't post everything, but, you know, for a while I wasn't in school, so I had a little more time and it really was like a nice little outlet for me. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go for it. So it's been it's been pretty cool. And that's a testament to your growth right there. Like the 100 hour, 100, was it 100,000 hour rule or something like that? So basically it states that like once you've reached 100,000 hours, you're a master at something. So, I mean, you could take that as a grain of salt, however you want. But think about that in the aspect of somebody that's been doing photography for a year and they've only done maybe 30 photo shoots compared to you doing 100 photo shoots in less than a year. I hope you all heard that. 100 photo shoots in less than a year. All the experience that you've gotten with that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's exactly 100. We're going to go with the what? biggest number, <laughs> duh. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no I mean it's been there were days where I'd be going to like four different shoots and I'd be like oh crap this is a lot but end of the day it's like I learned so much and I'm still learning so much you know I'm by no means am I amazing at what I do and I'm, you are amazing thank you that's so sweet absolutely amazing um but I think it's you know just pushing your limits and making an effort to learn more and not having a okay I, I know what I'm doing I got it kind of thing mm-hmm. is the best way to kind of grow out because yeah gotcha now are all of these shoots with i'd say a more so a variety of different photographers or do you have like a core group of photographers that you're working with right now um there's a handful of people that i just love doing repeat work with um you know you for example we've worked with her a couple of times and there's a handful of people that just you know vibe really well with me and i vibe with them and so there's you know those folks and there's also people that are also trying to like expand their portfolio and that gives me like a creative space to try something out that I haven't done. And it's also a great way for them to get their stuff out. So um, a little bit of a little mix of everything. So, okay, that's good. Different perspective, different skill levels, different things you can pull from those different things. Now, what do you prefer to work with um, a more experienced photographer that you feel like can meet you where you at, or is maybe a little bit further than where you are or somebody new that you can watch them grow or experience or help them with their photography? I would say a combination of someone that is further than I am, that I've been doing this for a while, know exactly what they're doing, because that really pushes me to, you know, take as much as I can out of that shoot. And then at the same time, you know, on the flip side, meeting someone and, you know, they're still getting into, they're still learning. That's a really pleasant thing, especially if they find that, hey, this is something that I really enjoy to watch them, you know, pursue it more and watch them, you know, find more models, stuff like that. That's, that's really nice. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not too picky. Obviously I want to work with people that are good and that I'm comfortable with. And in that, you know, in that manner, I'm definitely selective, but if we vibe, I'm, I'm down. So that's good. That's a good concept or a good thought process to have. Now you mentioned earlier that you don't post everything, Mm -hmm. right? Would you say that you're posting the best of the best of your work or has there been a shoot that you really love that you posted that may not have been the best, but you still really liked it? Or how are you going about promoting the content that you're creating with photographers? So I obviously want to put out stuff that I'm proud of and stuff that the photographer is proud of. Um, So that definitely plays into my decision of posting. Um, But at the same time, you know, 
there are certain things that I just love and I know probably wouldn't get huge, you know, response or maybe it's basic, but I still love it. Mm-hmm. I'll still post it. Yep. I don't really care. Like whatever. Yep. Um, and also, you know, Instagram algorithm, sometimes it's just a little weird with that kind of stuff. Man, so it's always, it just changed a, like a couple of days ago. So I, I was, um, doing some reading on Twitter and they mm-hmm. were basically saying that now hashtags don't really matter on your Instagram account. That's annoying. I should just take out all my hashtags. Right. But <laughs> I'm like out here typing these out. Like, Look, I used to be like, okay, what was she wearing? Where are we at? What, <laughs> what color is what's it? The co- what's the color? <laughs> but, okay, it was interesting actually how they um, mentioned that. So they were saying that Instagram isn't really putting a focus on hashtags to push your stuff out there. But if you're putting out good quality content and you have used a hashtag, now you have good quality content in the community mm-hmm. of those hashtags that people are looking for. Gotcha. So okay. it's like the media hashtag isn't really as important to push your work out there. But if you put, for example, Indian model, and now that that picture is in the, um, have you ever seen it where you follow a hashtag mm-hmm. trend and that's out there and people see it and then it's good, then now your content's going to get pushed out more. Gotcha. So it's it's, it's weird. It's weird how they did it, but Instagram's always changing. So it's always good. I always tell people models and photographers, don't focus so much on the algorithm. Just put good content out there and your work's going to get found and people are going to vibe with you if they vibe with you. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a big testament in people that do vibe with you and they choose to share your work. You mm-hmm. know, that's always super helpful, too, because that's a great way to get your stuff out. Great way to expand, you know, the people that are seeing it. So that's been really helpful as well as far as, you know, getting stuff out there. So. Yep. The big four in order saves and then it shares then it's comments. And now lastly, it's likes. So if you're getting people to save your work, you're getting people to share your work, comment on your work with more than four words. That's really important, not just emojis and getting people to like it. All of those things combined are what pushes your work out there. I'm learning so much right now. I had no hey, idea. Hey, yeah. It's, look, I try to keep up with the algorithm change as much as I can, but mm-hmm. it's always changing. But the core principle behind it is just put out good work, y'all. and Your work's going to get put out there for more people to find. So I have more of a personal question for you. So we did mention that you are of Indian culture. So a fellow person of the minority black and brown community, would you say that being in that community has been a challenge when it comes to booking photo shoots or connecting with photographers um, of different ethnicities? Or do you see that as an advantage because people see you as being different? Yeah, I think it's absolutely an advantage. Um, Like I said, there's not a lot of creators. Now there's more and more coming up, which is fantastic. I love seeing that. Um, But not a lot of creators are putting out stuff that are of their culture or, you know, representative of a huge group of people, even if you don't necessarily know that. So, um, you know, I've had so many people tell me, hey, you know, I love your look. You have such a unique background and I want to be able to capture that somehow and um that's been really awesome to hear I love hearing that honestly um because it's just it's something that I'm proud of and something that I want to put out there and having that be well received has been wonderful so Mm -hmm. it's definitely an advantage to me yeah I like that I like that now is it a compliment or is it offensive if somebody says hey you're Indian I like your look I've never shot with an Indian model before is that something that's offensive or is that something that's a compliment It's all about the wording, Uh you know, it's all about the wording because there's a fine line between being appreciative of someone's culture and their look and then fetishizing them. Mm, Fetish, fetish, how do you say that word? Fetishizing. Fetishizing, is that a word? That's a a million dollar word. Fetishizing, I've never heard that word before. I like that, fetishizing. And you know, I've I've met both, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of 
it, it's a little bit of a red flag to me if someone is commenting or sharing or swiping up on a story or something being like, oh, your brown skin or just the way they say it or right. whatever. I'm just like, mm, nah, I don't know about that one. You yeah, know? It, and, it's definitely all about the word. And that's just like, right. oh, my gosh, you're a black photographer. I want to work with you. It's like, okay, is that the problem? Do you love it? Like I said, are you fetishizing? Like, is that the only reason why you don't work with me? Or are you actually like wanting to put out content? That's a value and substance, you mm-hmm. know? So that's definitely something that it's kind of hard to navigate, but it's, you know, the more you do it, the better you can see through bullshit. Right. Right. And for those of you that don't know, I have a whole episode dedicated to red flags. So go back and check that episode out. If you want to hear about red flags with photography, um, I definitely agree with you on that, that, you know, it all comes down to a look in photography and modeling is a business and a hobby that is based around your look, not necessarily good or bad looks, but let's say I'm doing something for Indian culture. I'm not going to choose a white model necessarily if I can choose an Indian model, or I'm not going to choose somebody that is a bald headed girl or whatever. And I need a dark skinned dreaded model for a specific look. It's nothing offensive about it. So for everybody listening, that's not an offense. Everybody's beautiful, but I think people need to get out their head of, if you know you reach out to me and I post something or you're looking for something and somebody reaches out to you and you say, oh, sorry, that's kind of not the look I'm going for. It's nothing personal about you. It's about the look that the concept calls for. Absolutely. You know, and on the flip side, I'm not going to reach out to someone that does a lot of natural light, a lot of outdoor photography for something that maybe it's like a very intricate makeup look. Maybe it's something with a lot of jewelry. You know, that can still look amazing outside, but it's really just what you're trying to capture and who comes to mind for that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I agree. It's not it's not a slight to anyone. It's really just what you wouldn't call a plumber to fix an electrical issue. Yeah, so. that, that's really true. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that you see it that way, because not all models do. Now, um, do you like have let me rethink about the question. Do you have a specific style or look? Not necessarily boudoir and stuff like that that we talked about earlier, but is there a look in regards to the lighting, coloring style that you're more attracted to with photography? Yeah. So as of the past couple months, I love black and white work. Okay. I used to be so nervous and hate it, honestly, because I was like, oh, God, my skin is not going to look good in black and white. Yes, it will. Which is which is silly. And I learned very quickly that it's all about how you edit it, how you do all that stuff. There's so mm-hmm. much that goes into it. And it was just really my ignorance more than anything. Um, but I definitely gravitate to like darker, moodier vibes um, more than right anything. So, oh yeah, you know it. Love yeah. the smoky looks. Like hey, I love it. Hey, if it's not smoking the shot, it's not a candid production photo. <laughs> I'm just saying. True. That's my thing. Smoke is like something. I don't know where that came from for me, really. I think um, it kind of started like with I was vaping one day. And it just was in the room and we were vaping heavy and it like got in between the light and the shot. And I was like, wait a minute, this is brilliant. We have smoke. We have the light. Let's put it together. So like, it's not always about vaping. So, you know, if you don't like vaping, not saying you got to go out and buy one, but all I'm saying is the element of smoke and light, it can be so beautiful because every shot is going to be unique. So that's why I like it because you can have smoke in one shot and do the same exact pose, but the smoke might look different the wisps and the shapes and the textures. I, I don't know. I might be tripping, but that's me personally. That's my trademark. That's what I like to shoot. 
There's, you know, what comes to mind when you say that is there's this one picture from the very first time that I shot with you. You know, it's a red background. I'm wearing red. And the something that really stuck out to me was in this one particular shot, there was this beautiful little curly cue of smoke. And it just looked so amazing to me. And for some reason, it added so It almost like gave like a fiery vibe to it. I think I know exactly the one you're oh, talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I love that picture. Like, honestly, like. I stare at that picture a little too much, like wait a little too much than I probably should. So for everybody that doesn't know, I'm a smoke bender. So I bend the smoke to my will. And when you get to that point, you will be a master <laughs> of the smoke. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, hey, I'm just saying like that's just some, I actually I wouldn't even just narrow it to just smoke. I like shooting with elements. So like smoke, water, um, clouds, anything like that, dirt anything that's textured and earthy and natural i like to always try to incorporate that as much as i can in my photo shoots absolutely like recently i've been doing a couple more things with like water and um the way it photographs because you know the reflections are so different and colors show up so beautifully and i just i love that so Mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to incorporate things that you wouldn't ordinarily incorporate in um to just get a really great shot so yeah i have i have some unreleased work that i'll have to show you after the photo shoot that i did with a blow-up pool in my backyard but when you look at the shot it, you can tell that it was like that. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, it's fire. It's fire. Um, now, let's talk about talk more about your style of modeling that you, I guess you could say, identify with, which is boudoir. And the extension of that, I guess it's safe to say, like, implied, nude, stuff like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. with that being your focus, um, like, how do you navigate that? Like, what is your comfortability with of photography? So I do not shoot nude. Um, that's the one thing that I'm like, no, like straight up, no. That's and the boundary. That's no the nudes. boundary. Got and it. when someone reaches out to me, be like, I would love to do a nude shoot with you. I'll be like, nope, mm-hmm. don't want to shoot with you. Because if that's the first thing that comes to mind, like, oh, you want to see me naked. Um, and again, it's all about wording. It's all about how you say it. Um, and if there's ways to work around that, um, you know, I'm totally open to it. But if that's the one focus, might not be for me. And that's not a slight to anyone that does shoot nude photography because I or, or do nude, um, nude modeling because there are some beautiful shots. And I don't know. I think part of it for me is like what I'm comfortable putting out there. And that's just not my vibe necessarily. But there's so much beautiful art that you can do. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a fine line. And it's comfortability is really what it's all about. So, yeah, I was just about to ask, like, so how do you differentiate? For those that don't know, implied is basically where you are new. The model is nude in the shot. But the way you place hands, fabric, props, it's covering the intimate areas, but the implication is there that the model is nude. So I guess my question, my next question would be like, how do you see the two different implied and nude photography? Cause like in the photo shoot, technically you are nude. So is it more so you're comfortable being nude and you more so don't want the public to see images in a certain way. Right. Right. And then also, you know, I personally with, because I do do implied work, um, you know, if that isn't necessarily the main focus, you know, the body yep. isn't the huge focus. It's, you know, the elements that you put in, you know, we did one um, like beautiful implied shoot and um, we had all this fabric and just the way it was it was draped, the way we had done the posing, all these things. That was what was important in the image, not the fact that my butt was out, you know? Yeah. And it, it wasn't focused on any one body part. It was the collective concept of all the components involved in that. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think that's a huge thing that goes into it. And I don't know. I just, I, 
it's kind of hard. Some of it is, you know, I have to be there. I have to be in the moment to really like be like, okay, am I okay with this? And the other thing for me is modeling is not going to be my main gig. Mm -hmm. You know, my passions are in nursing. My passions are in um, healthcare. And I do have to keep in mind that the images that I put out there and the images that other people put out there are going to be there for good. Right. And I don't think it should matter if you have nudes out there. I don't, I don't you know, Look, I think that's silly. At this silly. point, everybody got some nudes somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely, without so a doubt. I don't think it really affects what you're doing. Unless the only way I feel like it can start to affect, like if you're doing a different career field, is if you start flaunting it and now it's becoming a problem where now it's distracting from your job. But you're keeping the two separate. Like, for example, I teach and I occasionally do shoot nude and or implied, but the two are separate. So, like I said, everybody's got something nude or, you know, I guess what we call it these days, thirst trapping and stuff oh, like yeah. that out there. So, like, I don't feel like you should be ashamed of it. And I feel like when you are doing it in an artistic way, that's not necessarily making it sexual or putting a sexual around it. It shouldn't be a problem. Right. And so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, you go ahead. Um, you know, I there's nothing more that I want. And honestly, the main reason why I don't shoot nude is just that, you know, if it wasn't such a conservative part of society, I would absolutely be shooting nude because mm -hmm. I think there's some beautiful shots that you can do again, depending on how you word it, depending on what the focus is. But um, unfortunately, right now, that's that's a priority for me. And I'm still kind of breaking through in that field and still working it out and still not in a settled place to be worrying about that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not the end all be all. Like, nah. I don't want people to get the idea that, like, you have to shoot nude or boudoir to be successful as a model or. If you don't or if you do shoot nude in boudoir, that means your career is going to blow up. That's not the case. Right. It's the total depiction, the artwork and what you make of it that's going to determine your success. Absolutely. And it's, it's you know, everything is about balance and that is relevant here, too. So mm -hmm. now what differentiates boudoir and implied in the more, I guess, artic, artistic side of showing more of your body as the artistic expression that drew you to that? I, like I said, you know, I've alluded to this earlier where I didn't really see that, you know, I, again, I come from a very rich culture, but recent, not recently, but you know, in my upbringing, upbringing, it was very like, you have to be very conservative. You have to dress a certain type of way. You have to wear certain things and not wear certain things. And kind of just breaking out of that a little bit has been really nice and showing other people that again, you know, you are not what you wear. You are not what you choose to shoot or whatever that is, you know, there's so much more to an individual than just that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't block certain family members from seeing my modeling page. Cause mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't want to deal with that, but like <laughs> at the same time, I mean, I don't care that much, you know, one of these days I'm sure someone's going to screenshot something and send it to someone that shouldn't see, but I don't, I don't care. I'll cross the bridge when I get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mom sees my work all the time. Right. Like, she's got her words to say, but sometimes she'd be like, I can't believe this, but it was a nice picture. I like it. It was beautiful. I'm like, mom, that was the most beautiful thing you could ever say to me. You I'm going to ignore the so, first part. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. I love it. But, uh, so tangent, we were talking off air though, which is rather interesting. How in the Indian culture, if you go back in history and stuff like that, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but that is deeply rooted in the culture, like paintings and stuff like that. So why do you feel as though like Indian culture now is so conservative when that has history in your culture to begin with? I really have no idea. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of societal things, you mm -hmm. know, 
a lot of the nudity, a lot of the skin showing, all these things are actually very deep rooted in religion right. that, you know, started that that's from India. And, you know, that wasn't a focus back then when that was happening, when people were writing these stories, when people were making these depictions, that was not the focus. But somehow I think the way society has changed there and here, really anywhere, um, people have been kind of taught to believe that that's something that needs to be hidden. It's something that needs to be protected, whatever that may be. And, you know, everyone has their perspective on that. But um, I think some parts of the world have their, you know, put a little more importance in that. And I think that's what happened in India and Indian culture. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. That'd be something interesting to study and look up, like, where was the culture shift? Because it's like that in African culture, like, you go back for enough and even now, like, nudity is not a big a big deal. Like, people walk around naked all the time. You go to Europe. I've been to Europe before, and, like, babies and kids, they walk around naked. It's not a big deal. Right. But now, like, when you get to America, for some reason, like, the, all these cultures are like, no, 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 you can't show this, you can't show that. And it's just like, hmm, that's interesting where it's been part of your culture to begin with, where you didn't see it as such a big deal. Now it's such a big issue. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and get off of the whole nudity thing because modeling photography is not all about nudity. However, with photography and modeling being a um, an outlet, like we stated earlier, based on appearance, um, what are some of the insecurities that you personally deal with, if you have any, some people don't, about your modeling I absolutely do um you know growing up I was a very insecure person and I still am a very insecure person um with the modeling you know it's it's interesting because everything is just out there you know everything is to see and it kind of forces you to come to terms with those things and forces you to think about it in a certain way be like hey you know there are people telling me that these beautiful pictures are beautiful yet I'm choosing to focus on these minuscule things. Why is that? You know, and it kind of forces you to overlook that, forces you to kind of come to terms with your body and just become comfortable. So, um, you know, I definitely struggle with it. And it, it's a it's something that waxes and wanes for sure. You know, there's some days where I wake up and I'm like, God, I look terrible. And there's other days where I'm like, I'm a whole model. Like, okay, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, so it, it really it. depends. And um it's it's really easy to compare yourself to other people. You know, I don't think people talk about that enough, but it's really easy to compare to other, yourself to other people and just kind of be like, oh man, I wish I looked like that. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. Um, that's not the purpose. And, you know, I when I got into the modeling, I was like, oh, okay, I need to start going to the gym. I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm going to be honest. I don't go to the gym. And <laughs> sometimes it's obvious and I don't really care. You know, it's like confidence is key. It, exactly. And it's all about that. And um, my big thing is just going into a shoot. I don't want that to be in the back of my mind. So it's like whether it's listening to music, whether it's, you know, getting hyped up by the loved ones around you. I really, really try not to go into a shoot with a bad mindset because that shows in the pictures. It sure does. And it shows in your face. It shows in all these things. And, you know, if you're nervous, if you're worried, if you're like super critical, like you don't want that coming across, you know? So it's really just kind of navigating that. And um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've said this in a lot of my podcast episodes, but I'm going to say it again because we need to reiterate it. And that is as a model, when you can be able to separate what's going on in your personal life and what the shoot calls for, that makes you so much better as a model. 
you know, I think I said the last episode, like, um, you know, your dog, he just got run over something crazy like that, but it's true. And if you want to do this professionally, cause I know you said you do this ho- as a hobby, but we're speaking more specifically to the people that want to pursue a full-time career in modeling. If you want to make it, you need to be able to flip that switch and no matter what's going on in your personal life. I mean, granted, we all have our good and bad days, but you should be able to put that on hold for the hour or two hours or whatever the time of the session and get the job done. And then, you know, it's okay to have those feelings, but don't let it take over your photo shoot because it shows. It will definitely show in the photos. Right. And, you know, a big part of me being able to get to that point is, you know, growing up, I did Indian classical dancing. And um, that was a huge part of what I did. You know, I travel for it. I did all these things. And that was, you know, that was my thing. And we say the same thing in any kind of dancing. You know, if you whatever you're feeling or thinking inside your head, that's going to show in your body movements, in your expressions, whatever it may be. People are going to be able to say that and kind of vibe off of that. And the last thing you want is to go into a performance, go into a piece, whatever it may be, and leave the audience um, just wondering or like concerned. Mm -hmm. That's like the last thing you'd want. So that's definitely helped. And, you know, dancing again, similar to modeling. I grew up with a very strict dance instructor. Um, she was very critical of us and very critical of our body image and all those things. And any kind of dancing, really, you know, it's a very common trope that you see with a lot of the performing arts. You know, there's people that are constantly judging you, judging how you look, judging how you move. Um, but to be able to separate that and be like, you know what, I am my own person. I'm still beautiful however I look. Um, that does wonders and it's going to help so much in the long run. So. Mm-hmm. Same way with my other creative background in music. When you're in the middle of a performance and you're out there on stage, on the field, whatever you're doing, and you hit a wrong note and you make it in your face like, oh shit, I just hit the wrong note. Everybody's going to know you just messed up. If you don't show it in your face and you keep the ball rolling, nobody's going to even know that you messed up. They're just going to be like, wow, that was interesting. And you're sitting in your mind like, I messed up, I messed up. But if you don't show it and you keep it rolling, nobody's going to know. Absolutely. I'm so happy that you were able to share that and be able to show that your expression, what you're feeling plays an effect on the photo shoot and the quality of the images. And not too many people see that or realize that up front. And the fact that you caught that early, well, it's probably because of your background. I can say that, right? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely had a huge impact on how I viewed that and how I perceived that. So. Mm-hmm. And then it was able to carry over now into modeling because modeling and dancing, they're like this close apart. Y'all they're can see so similar. Fingers. They're like this close apart, but they're, they're so similar and you're able to carry them over creatively. Absolutely. And it's helped, you know, in so many ways, whether it's posing, whether it's, you know, something they always say in dancing is um, when you're looking at the audience, don't turn your head all the way or don't um, look too far out to the side because end of the day, all the audience is seeing is the white of your eyes. Oh, yeah. And I catch myself doing that still at shoots, but I'm like, wait, I had this door into my head for 15, 16 years. I need to get this like together kind of thing. So it definitely helps. That's true. I tell people all the time, the nose should follow the eyes. Wherever your your eyes go, your nose should follow. And that will keep people from seeing the white in your eyes. It's it's something psychologically about, matter of fact, I'm going to scratch that. It's not even psychological. You want... (laughs) Oh, excuse me. You want people to see that color, that sparkle in your eye. And that comes from the direct attention that, ma- that you're making eye contact in the photo. Whether you're looking away, that means you're making eye contact with something else or looking straight into the camera lens. Absolutely. And one of the first few people that I worked with was George Huss. He's a photographer here in Richmond. Um, he 
reminded me of that because it didn't really cross my mind until he brought it up. And he also, you know, when I first started modeling, I was really uncomfortable looking at the camera. And that was very indicative of how uncomfortable I was with modeling as a whole. Um, and, you know, obviously, eventually I got over that. But, like, he was, like, I don't know. Everything that he said was just so, like, it was very poignant. It was very, like this is what it is kind of thing. But I'm really glad he said some of those things. Same thing goes for you. You know, as far as posing goes, um, you said some things that I was like, hey, that makes a lot of sense and totally carried that to like so many other shoots, you know, and the way I position my face, the way I position my eyes, so on and so forth. So, you know, there's there's a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. It's always stuff to learn. It's stuff to learn on a photographer's side that's been shooting for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years stuff to learn on the modeling side like we all can learn and i think that in itself is what makes you get better you should always be evolving you should always be learning like if you're a photographer that grew up during the film ages and i'm not shooting digital i shot film film is still good that's what i'm gonna do like why not evolve and try to do something different and do digital or if you've been doing digital step out of your comfort zone and do some film photography i'm not gonna do film but <laughs> step <laughs> Step out your comfort zone and do something different or shoot something outside of the general style that you shoot. It gives you a different perspective. It, it makes you grow because you can pull inspiration from a lot of different things. That's not just photography or modeling. And that goes into my next question mm. for you. Where okay. do you pull your inspiration? So are, is there anything else that you're saying, oh, this inspires me? Is there a person, a model, music, anything that... You could say that has carried over into your modeling that inspires you to keep going. Absolutely. Um, I pull a lot of inspiration from art and like paintings and stuff like that. You know, whether it's sculptors, whether it's um, artists I find off Instagram. You know, recently I did a shoot um, probably like a month or two ago with um, a photographer. And like, you know, it was a concept that I've had in my head for years, you know, seven eight years or something I remember seeing this painting by this Indian artist that um it was like Indian pinup which I had never seen before me neither yeah it was it was really cool um I'll have to send you you know pictures of it but I yeah. had never seen that and it was so intriguing because you know you see pinup you see that in history books you know right. you see that in like war campaigns stuff like that you learn about it but to see that mixed with my culture was just so intriguing. And I remember seeing that and it came back into my mind a couple months ago. And I was like, that's something I want to like recreate or do or, you know, somehow bring to light because um, I hadn't really seen anything like that before. And, you know, I pulled a couple people together and I found some outfits. I found some pieces and we made it happen. And honestly, it was probably one of my favorite shoots because it was like a weird testament to my childhood, something that I looked up to, and also just a great way to bring that into my adult life and this craft that I'm proud of and craft that I want to put out. So that's one thing I can appreciate about you. Like you are not afraid to invest in a photo shoot. Like, do you want me to get this? You want me to get that? What, what, what do we need? Do we need this? Cool. I got it. I got it. And you don't put all the pressure on the photographer. I really try not to. Yeah. yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, granted, not everybody may have the financial means or the accessibility, but I think that just showing that you are just as much invested as the photographer is will make the photographer appreciate you as a model. Absolutely. And, you know, like everything, it takes two. You know, one person can't be pulling all the weight. You know, we've all been in that position where, like, we're doing a group project and you're doing all the work. You know, that's no Talk fun. About it. Talk about it. Yeah, you know, it's no fun. And it kind of just kills the vibe. It kills the mood. Um, it's just, you know, being difficult in a shoot, whether it's bringing stuff to the table, whether it's just the way you present yourself, 
it's not really conducive to a good shoot, you know? So might as well just do what you can, you know? Mm -hmm. Having a collaboration can maybe even bring out something more that the other person didn't think of, you know? So why rob yourself of that opportunity? So Yeah, we don't put enough emphasis on the word collaboration. A collaboration and a free shoot are two different things. It becomes a free shoot where one person is not benefiting as much as the other person. You know, so I, I think people get away from that and they just throw around the word collab, TFP, trade, and they're not collabing. They're not trading equal value to contribute to the ultimate goal, which is creating art. If the photographer has to carry all the weight, he should be compensated. If the model is carrying all the weight, they should be compensated. And if you're meeting both somewhere in the middle, then that's okay. Like money is an exchange, but value is what's being exchanged. Right. Content is what's being put out there and that's going to be out there for a very long time. So, you know, Mm -hmm. and respect, you know, you respecting the photographer's craft, the photographer respecting you as a model and what you do in your craft. So speaking about um, photographers, how are you going about choosing the photographers that you work with rather than not rather than um, whether it's you reaching out, to a photographer or a photographer reaching out to you and you decide yay or nay like what are some of the characteristics or the things that you're looking for that attract you to that photographer um you know I when I first started out it was a lot of just reaching out to a bunch of people you know a bunch of people whose work I liked a bunch of people that I could see myself working with um and the one thing that I really put a lot of emphasis on for myself was reaching out to other models that they've worked with. Um, and even photographers that I worked with, I'm like, Hey, you know, who is, who's someone that you would recommend? You know, who's something that you think I should work with? Who's someone that I should push towards, you know, trying to make something happen. And I honestly feel like word of mouth makes the world of a difference. It does so much for people. And, you know, so I love hearing, Hey, I enjoy shooting with you or, Hey, I heard from someone else, whatever. Um, it's a testament to how much that can impact your career, whatever art that you're putting out there. So, um, word of mouth and then people that have had like personal experiences with you. Um, there's been so many times where I see someone that I think I want to work with. I reach out to someone. They're like, Oh, the vibe was off or, Mm -hmm. uh, it was just not, not it. And you know, I, it, I don't care how many people it is out of a hundred, if two people said something, I'm I'm still going to take that into account, you know? Yeah, that definitely plays a factor. You know, one person, okay, it's a coincidence. Seven people saying the same message that are in like, different mm. places. Now you're like, hmm, there's a trend here. Right. There's some substance to that. Like, we should probably look into that kind of thing. And, you know, it's the one thing about Richmond is that it's a fairly close-knit community. I it mean, is. I think you could, you could agree. Yeah. Um, so if you're out there, if you've been doing it for a while, if you've been working with a lot of people – your name is out there and you know, people know about you, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not. So, um, the way you present yourself where you act is going to get around no matter what. So that, you know, that also plays into how I go into a shoot, how I interact with people. The last thing I want is for someone to go out and be like, Oh, I did not like working with her for X, Y, Z reasons, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, definitely like, vetting people out you know now there's people that are reaching out to me and same thing i still reach out to people that they've worked with in the past you know um it might be creepy but i'll still google them no you should there's nothing creepy about that at all because clout does not affect or show the person's character absolutely say that yeah so you could have all these publications that you've done you've worked with 
X, Y, Z people. You have 100,000 followers, but if you are making people not feel comfortable, making people not feel safe, subjectifying, objectifying, bastardizing, disrespecting, any of those negative things, then why would I want to put myself in that predicament just to get the clout that you have? Right. And, you know, I've found myself in the position where someone has reached out to me being like, hey, how is your experience working with so-and-so? Um, I'm not going to lie to that person. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I have no reason to do so. The last thing I want is for someone else to have a bad experience because I didn't speak up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's avoided certain situations probably. And I'm glad I did. So I would want that energy for me. And I try to put that energy out as well. Um, I know certain cities, certain places, like I know for San Francisco, they have a Instagram account. I'm pretty sure. Um, when I was out there, they were telling me about it. They were like, you know, there's like a blacklist. Yep. And I, I was just, ta- I literally was just talking about this last Thursday, the blacklist. Yep. And um, things like that. And it's really important to be able to look out for other people and look out for yourself. And, you know, sometimes those things can be harsh. I've heard of people end up on like blacklists because one person or an ex or something like that decided to go out and, you know, tarnish a name kind of thing. But at the same time, it's, so important to the people that are new because there are plenty of people that target new models, young models, people that aren't quite, you know, into it, not quite aware, not quite comfortable into pressuring them into doing something or like shooting something that they're not comfortable with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to avoid that is, it's so hard. It's so difficult to navigate. So if I can help someone, I'm going to do my best to do so. Yeah. And just to expand upon that for people that don't know what the blacklist is, Every city, every major city pretty much has one. It's more so passed around the modeling community. Not too many photographers see it because it's to protect the model. And basically what it is, it's a list of photographers that have had offenses of something that they've done inappropriate, um, something that they've done offensive, sexual assault, things like that. So that way other models can go to these lists and say, okay, this person has had the same exact offense with four people. Or this person has had this offense with one person. That's something for me to keep an eye out for. But I feel like if this happened more than once with multiple people, then you pro- that person does not need to get your time. Absolutely. And, you know, they're, when I was first starting out, you know, they're obviously we've all had bad experiences. And I've had my bad experiences too, you know, fair share. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes you just don't know. So you can vet someone as much as you can and still end up in a situation that you don't want to be in. Yeah. But... You know, at first I was like, I don't know if I should say something. And then, you know, sometimes you hear someone else say the same exact thing. And you're like, oh, so this is a thing, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, it really pushes you to make an effort to just go out there, say your piece and just kind of do your thing. So I think important. I think more people need to do that. Models and photographers speak up. If you see something that is not right, speak up and say something about it. Because we shouldn't have people leaving the industry because they've had an experience, a bad experience with somebody. Or they think that, oh, I don't want to shoot. I don't know. It doesn't have to be naked or anything like that. I don't want to shoot modeling in general because I'm scared that somebody's going to try to take advantage of me. Right. And it's honestly, you know, we focus a lot on photographers doing things. It's not just photographers. There are plenty of models that go around and push boundaries in a situation that that's not accepted oh yeah so and you know we've had a conversation about that before too and it's frustrating because it kind of like you said it messes up the person's perspective of that whole industry that whole field whatever it may be and you know why rob someone of something like that when you can just not just because you felt some type of way because things didn't go the way you wanted so now you're trying to ruin somebody's reputation off of the whim that 
you're a model, you're a woman, and they're going to side with you. But like you said, there are models out there that just because, I don't know, let's say we had a disagreement on how the images were distributed or you wanted to do something, I said no, or you wanted something from me and I was like, you got to pay me. Now you're out there saying something happened that never even happened just because you're trying to outlash at me. It happens, people. It really does all the time. Um, it's frustrating, but you know, it's the reality of it. So being able to navigate is so important. And unfortunately a lot of that comes with practice, but there's just certain things that you got to do and certain precautions that you have to take. And yeah, I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. And you're doing a great job, like navigating that rocky sea of knowing the do's and the don'ts and the experiences and making the right decisions because you're really smart. You're really intelligent. And that shows with how you communicate with other people. Right. Thanks. And you know, Part of that is also like working with photographers that have been doing it for a while. I've gotten so many great tips and like, you know, something that I would definitely say for people that are wanting to get into it is if you're planning on shooting nude, if you're planning on shooting implied, anything that you feel like is maybe out of your comfort zone or maybe could potentially bite you in the butt, maybe put out images that you wouldn't necessarily want, write a contract. Mm-hmm. There is nothing stopping someone from writing a contract. Yeah. Models can definitely write contracts too. Now, when I want to stop you right there. When it comes to contracts, don't try to write anything legally binding if you are right. not a legal expert or you haven't had it looked over. Absolutely. A contract can be something as simple as a paper trail of you making a, um, you agreeing to something, the photographer agreeing to something, or you making a statement, the photographer agrees to it, or the model making a statement, however it wants to go. And that paper trail shows that this is what we agreed upon. This is what we talked about. This is what happened, and this is where it stepped out of those boundaries. So having a paper trail is important. Right, and it could be as simple as writing a text being like, hey, I just want to confirm that this is what we are shooting. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what you plan on, you know, bringing out the shoot beforehand. Obviously, you want to do that beforehand. Um, Not in the middle of the shoot. Say, hold on a second. Pause. Let me me send you a text real quick. Hold on now. Um, (laughs) You know, it could be as simple as that. Whatever it is, just to confirm, just to make sure you're on the same page. Because sometimes, you know, you're not on the same page. And sometimes it's not from a place of malice. It's not from a negative spot. Maybe, you know, the photographer just thought that, hey, you are comfortable with that because it wasn't necessarily clear. Just, you know, avoid that as a whole and just put that out there first. I still do that now. You know, if I'm working with someone new, I like to be like, hey, I don't shoot nude. But if we talk about it, I'd be open to shooting implied. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when that conversation starts, it's one of the first things that I put out there. So... Yeah, that's good that you're up front. You set your boundaries, and Get it if out that's there. where your boundaries are, then if somebody's pushing upon that, then you shouldn't have to worry about explaining yourself or defending yourself. Those Absolutely. are your boundaries. That's what it is. Keep it moving. Or find somebody that is into doing that. There's so many models out here, so it's like you don't have to keep pushing that one person because you're just so pressed to get them naked. Or get why? Why you need to get them naked? What you trying to look at some titties? Like, right. What you trying to do? Just go on the internet. Come on, it's free. Right, exactly. And, you know, even if it's just bringing a buddy. If you're still kind of wishy-washy, if you're still unsure, just bring someone with you because mm-hmm. people don't, you know, if you're, if you know that you're going to be perceived by an extra person, by someone that you don't want to be perceived by, people don't do certain things. So, you know. Yeah. That's another safety tip. Um, For those of you that don't know, I did talk about model safety on my last live version of Shot and Chop. So if you guys want to go back and check that out, it's on my IGTV. So um, me and another model, we actually did talk a lot about that. And I think a lot of models need to know these things, these things getting into the industry, or even if you just are happy-go-lucky and you paint everybody a beautiful picture, they don't do anything wrong, protect yourself, be aware, always look into things for your best interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So I got a, let's see. I think we got a lot of questions that we went over and a lot of things we talked about. Um, I did want to ask you, when it comes to a concept, are you open to um, changing your appearance to fit the concept of a shoot? Or are you more so with your modeling, you like to be represented as yourself, like your true authentic self? Or how do you feel about that? So that's actually a really good question. Um, I think if it's something that I can change, revert, whatever it may be in a few moments, I'm open to it. You know, if it's like cool makeup, if it's a look, obviously I don't want to do anything offensive, you know, and it's important to be aware of that because you don't want someone else to be upset. None of that, you know, that's not why you're doing it. But I'm, I'm always open to trying something new, you know, like, I've had some really cool shoots where like they did really neat things with my hair. You know, obviously I have straight black hair. Um, but like there were times where it was like super poofy, almost like just just really cool. And I just thought it was so cool. And I'm glad I agreed to that because, you know, it's it's something different. It's a new aspect. Um, but certain things that I do draw the line on is like obviously in like Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, if I look to be either darker or excessively lighter that that feels like a little bit of a like I don't know it just doesn't sit right with me and I make a point of reaching out and being like hey you know I did notice that you made my complexion a little bit darker than I was I asked them why um because sometimes it's not a conscious thing but I I still like to bring it up okay so um that's definitely something that I like to touch on because colorism is a thing you know my culture that's a huge thing like I've grew up with it and the last thing I'd want is for someone to see something that I put out there and be like oh I have to look this kind of way or I have to look a certain you know skin tone um to be beautiful or whatever it may be because you know end of the day everyone's beautiful in their own way so that's my one little line what about body paint because I've changed your whole complexion you were red I was bright red (laughs) I was bright red and I had I had a cigar all these things um I think that's cool I I love body paint I've done like black light stuff um this great photographer out in um Hampton Roads um we had the the paint shoot the hell girl photo shoot the hell girl that's one of my favorite shoots yeah that I had been sitting on that idea for years and I had asked so many people and everybody said yeah I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it they never did it and then when we finally did it, that even to this day is still like the probably one of the most liked and most engaging photos on my page. Nice. Love hearing that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had so many people reach out and be like, that was so cool. And I'm like, it was not my idea. That was that was Josh's. Um, I just happened to be there at the right place, right time. Kind you of did. Thing. You did. Um, that was awesome. Um, but, you know, I don't I feel like me being painted bright red in the intention of cosplaying isn't going to offend someone. No. no. So, you know, I, I was totally cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I just had to throw that in there. You said, don't alter my color or complexion. <laughs> no, redact my, we redact my statement. You red. We literally <laughs> Girl, you what are you talking about? From head to toe. <laughs> That's funny. And um, let the people know where they can find you, like Instagram, email, Facebook, like wherever you want to plug in information for people to go and check out your amazing work. For sure. So I'm on Instagram. That's my primary like social media outlet where I put out content. Um, actually, it's the only social media outlet that I put out content. Um, my handle is at AMJRVA. Um, you know, I love posting BTS. Obviously, all my shoots are there. The pictures that I want to post are in there. I also post a lot on TikTok. 
for a while i thought it was a joke but it's actually really fun oh no tiktok is taking off oh yeah and a lot of shoots and a lot of um photographers have reached out from tiktok so i think it's a really great asset so i'm on tiktok um i also post a lot about my cat and my cat's really cute so <laughs> shameless plug um and that is let me think it's at a n n e t t i p o t it's a neti pot kind of like the decongestion thing okay, <laughs> um super okay. silly but and it's that's reflective of the content that i put out so <laughs> got it got a it. nice mix of everything yeah so you guys have heard it here first i hope that you all enjoyed this conversation please go check out her content on instagram follow me at candid underscore productions and i think we're about to wrap up the episode here i hope that you all enjoyed it and thanks for coming to chop it up with me mm-hmm.